Advice and opinions given on the Sedated Therapist podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for treatment or consultation with a mental health professional. Friend! Hey, friend. Hey! And hello to... I'm trying to welcome y'all, but I'll let her finish. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Sedated Therapist Podcast, hey. to all of our interweb friends, and our friends in real life. Yay! Yes. What's up? How you doing? How you doing? I am Dr. Amanda Nicholson. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist who specializes in sex therapy, and I specialize, specialize in sexuality and spirituality among Black women of faith. Yes, and I am, bow down, okay? Bow down, specialize, specialize. Um, I am Amy Gaskin, LMFT as well, and I specialize in anxiety and self-esteem, okay? Okay? Okay, I'm not going to try it. She just had it. She should have saved it. She should have saved it for y'all. Yeah, I've been practicing trying to do the okay, and if you my friend, you already know it's a struggle, okay? Meanwhile, anyway. So, hey y'all, hey y'all, how you doing, Amanda, in this moment right here? In this moment, I am tired and hungry. Amen, <laughs> amen. I saw this, this guy on, um, what, well, I don't say this guy, but my friend, you know, Bab. I know Bab. 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 My little chocolate friend. Savannah State. Woo, woo. Right. Um, you know they're calling it the den now? Savannah State? <laughs> like the Tigers did. They're talk, calling it the den. Wow. Yeah, I saw that today on social media. It made me raise an eyebrow, but it's cute. I mean, you know what? The evolution. Generations. Uh, okay. 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 The den. Shout the out to den. the den. Shout out to the den. Um, but he made a post and said, um, do y'all get hangry? And I was like... Absolutely, and I think there's an extra chromosome in women. <laughs> in women or in Amy? Because in women, uh, y'all, maybe I have the double chromosome. Like Amy, she's gotten better, but oh, I am not the night. Like Ooh. you can ask past partners and friends. Just ask me because I live if with I don't her. bring a snack on the way. Oh, then there might be trouble, trouble, trouble. But I, I try to, I, that's my responsibility to keep my own snacks available to me so I don't have to get angry on y'all. Y'all not responsible for that, but you can get it when I'm angry. So just make sure she ate, so. <laughs> that's exactly what they say. Did you eat? Okay, let's go get something to eat. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. And don't wait too late for hangry people, not just probably say, listen. But for hangry that's people, um, uh, don't ask them what they want to eat because by then they're already irritated. Just take them somewhere, you know, to. where they can get something. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that was our random discussion today. <laughs> <laughs> Being hungry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, friend, you ain't asked me how I was doing. I'm sorry, friend. How you doing? Are you hungry? <laughs> Might be a little bit of essence, <laughs> but I'm good. Um, How are you in the moment? 
in the moment, I have some unidentified tension in my shoulders. Ooh. To be honest with you, so I'm not really sure. Um, but I would say I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Okay. Um, I'll figure out the shoulder tension and, and you know. Yeah, I, I was about to get all therapists on you. Um, how would you rate that tension from zero to ten? I'm going to allow it to happen. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, get relaxed. Okay, how would you rate that tension from a zero to a ten? Ooh, it's about a five. Okay, it's a five. And what emotion could you relate to that tension? Take your time. Don't rush. Uncertainty. Ooh, okay. Can you sit with that uncertainty for a moment? Okay. Okay. What came up for you, friend? That I don't like sitting in uncertainty. Ooh. Especially if I can't immediately put my thumb on it. Ooh. It feels out of control. And so sitting in it, especially in the work that I'm doing in my own therapy, mm-hmm. is to be okay with be okay with that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So and and I can be curious later about what it is, but just kind of accepting. Things might be uncertain, but I'm okay. I like it. Thanks for sharing with us. Thank you for what you just did for me. You're welcome. It's because you were docile. You know what? I got that from? Who? I just did some brain spotting right then. Really? Yes, girl. I felt that you were therapizing me, but I just was like, I'm just going to let it happen. Yeah, I just didn't have my pointer with me, so I couldn't whip it out. You didn't have to point, because the point was... Anyway. Oh, oh, man. Okay. Don't try that if you haven't went through phase one of training. Don't do it. All right. Um, do we want to follow up on homework? Of course we want to follow up on homework. So in the last session, um, what we talked about was just being a better friend. Mm-hmm. So your homework was to reflect on how you are showing up in your friendships um, if you are telling your friends the truth, mm-hmm. um, if you are allowing your friends to have the space to tell you the truth mm-hmm. um, with respecting your friends' boundaries and yeah. also being cognizant of the type of friendship that you have yeah. to know if you are able to do that. Did yeah. I cover all bases there? You're yeah. usually very specific when you assign them the homework. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, roundabout that was it. It was doing the check-in, give people permission if you feel like that's important. I, you touched it. Touched on it, so hopefully you all were able to do that and do the reflecting. What I find sometimes people do not like doing reflections. No, that's why I like brain spotting, y'all. I am all about the brain spotting right now. (laughs) You just don't know. Yeah, Yeah. and so you all know, but just a little brief. But brain spotting is a method of um, therapy that we are able to do with our clients to support you all in processing things that you feel, think, have gone through. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a lot of brain stuff that y'all just heard me say I'm tired and hungry. So we'll talk about another time. But brain spotting is really good because it really locks into those emotions. Yeah. Right? And for our clients to really identify those emotions and where they're feeling them in their bodies. Mm -hmm. But what we also use is 
have positions and different things to do that. Like, if you're looking over here, do you feel that emotion more in those shoulders? Um, that's why I was joking about the pointer because that's something that yeah. they use in brain spotting. Um, and you know, little history. It evolved from EMDR. Shout out to all our therapists out there who do EMDR. Yeah. Um, and don't ask me what it stands for. I can't remember right now. But Amy's gonna Google. But yeah, it's just another method of therapy. Um, mm-hmm. that's all about the processing, and it taps into the brain. That's why it's called brain spotting. Yes. So um, EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And once again, it's just another form of psychotherapy that we are able to do with our clients. Um, And so basically it's a method. Yeah, it's a method. And if you are seeking, you know, different therapy methods, um, they're definitely worth exploring. I think both EMDR and brain spotting Mm -hmm. are worth exploring, especially um, for people who have experienced like deep traumas yeah. and different things like that, because it helps you kind of process on a different level, yeah. but also make sure that your therapist has training in these things. Right. So like if they have listed on their website, oh, um, I specialize in EMDR or brain spotting or DBT or right. TFCBT or any of these different methods or Gottman, as you've heard Amy mentioned before, Ask them, you know, about that, what their training was because you're seeking a service and you want to make sure the service that you're getting is top notch. Right. Yeah. And so that's just like a little tidbit when you Mm -hmm. think about, especially if you are a listener who is um, on the cusp of, um, you know, seeking out a therapist, if you um, would prefer a certain method or have heard that the things that you've gone through would work best with a certain method of therapy. It's okay to ask your therapist or ask a therapist about that. Um, and if they can refer you to someone who knows best. Right. And Amy, I just want to thank you for bringing in that piece. I always forget. I say stuff and then I don't explain it to the audience. I appreciate you for explaining what these things are and reminding me to do that. So thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you, honey. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So let's get into it. What are we talking about today? Amy with the view works. Okay. So we are. Listeners. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so what are we talking about today? We, we wanted to give like a little family focus today. So we're talking about generational differences with fam- within families and what we've seen in our own therapy um, experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to families who come into therapy, we might have a parent or a guardian that says, hey, um, who is acknowledging that there is a difference between the way that they perceive or have lived or their values in their child. Um, And so we kind of just wanted to dig into that a little bit um, based on our own um, Amanda's um, experience as well as my own in our two different like settings that we're in. So um, Miss Amanda, if you want to um, take off. Yeah. So right now, a very big thing that we see at the clinic where I work is, um, concerns about screen time and use of technology and different things like that. And I think a lot of parents really don't understand how 
important their kids' phones kind of are in this day and age, especially with us being in a still in the pandemic. In a panorama pandemic, okay. Amy, can you tell the people why you called this a panorama earlier today? (laughs) Earlier today, I said this really was a panorama pandemic because we have come full circle back to March with this pandemic. Now, I know we always make some stuff up because we just creative like that. Shout out to the culture. But really, we have come full circle to where this pandemic has started. And now we're about to go back around again because and not to just go so deep. But now we're about to re-experience anniversary of a lot of things that we just experienced. So I'll pause there. But that's the panoramic pandemic. All right, so back, jumping right back into it. So uh, we're seeing a lot of concerns about screen time, especially like how much YouTube is being consumed, how often they're using TikTok, because that's like the thing right now with the teens, TikTok and different things like that. And um, I've seen the restrictions that are put on these devices. I'm like, whoa, these are some heavy restrictions. What, what are you restrictions. Like, What are the restrictions? I'm like with screen time, but I found out that parents with the parental controls, you can not only control like and see screen time, you can also control how much time they spend on each app. Okay, so it's like an app you download and then they're yeah. able to... Okay. I think. I don't know. So similar like to that. like um, parental controls on TV. On the TV. So yeah. you can give them as a parent, which I think is good too as well. So I'm not knocking that at uh-huh. all. I don't want so anybody. So there's a positive. Yeah, there's a positive to it because you don't want your kids watching YouTube all day or on TikTok uh-huh. all day. Like, yeah, you don't want that. a black hole. Yes. YouTube. And we as adults know that, right? You can start and not stop. You look up, it is 11 p.m. And you haven't done anything all day. Or you're supposed to be asleep. Yes. So, and where you can restrict like 30 minutes of YouTube, you can spend 20 minutes on Instagram. Like your parents can do that from the phones. Mm -hmm. But I think, one, they want to protect their children, Because there is a lot, you know, internet bullying and all those things. I definitely understand. But that generation, I guess Gen Z, that's what they're calling themselves. I'm missing all of them. (laughs) So with Gen Z, though, they're more connected to as ever. And it's, I hate, I'm not going to say I hate to say this, but I'm in the middle. But it's really important for their socialization Especially now when a lot of them can't see their friends. They haven't they haven't been to school in a year. Some of them haven't been participating in activities. And that's how a lot of them get their news. And they know what's going on in the wor- world and how they spread things. And I think we have to find a way for there to be a happy medium with that and an understanding. Because when you think about us as millennials, we were like in the middle of all these things evolving. Mm-hmm. So we were outside, but we were also like waiting on the dial-up AOL. Like, connect me. <laughs> right? So, I'm sorry, but I have a client. <laughs> 
And I was like, okay, so I just want to make sure I got you. Make sure. Uh, it's fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> I had a client. I was like, okay, let's make sure I have your email correct. And um, the email included AOL. And I was like, word, this is still a thing? Okay, so wait, let me make sure. I literally Googled. <laughs> and that's because I have a relationship with this person. Okay. Please. And I went, AOL is still up and running and bumping. Like, Wow. KB just said he still okay, has his. Okay, so. Okay. Uh, to oh, each. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Anyway, moving along. Yeah, but I think parents just have to, you know, some things just become like the new normal. And, you know, just making sure there's a balance, but understanding like this is the way that the world is going right now. And your kids are at an advantage because they are so technologically savvy and not look at it as only a negative. There are negatives that come with being connected. Of course, we all know that. But that's just what it is now. We are just connected there. Yeah, I think that what I'm pulling from what you're saying is if I was to make like a observation is there's discomfort in not knowing how to adapt mm-hmm. and parent my child because I'm not really sure what what is too much and what is enough. Right. How do I learn how to protect my kids on when it comes to technology, but then also give them the freedom because this is a technology, a, a technological world right now. Mm-hmm. So if I'm unfamiliar with it, I'm going to want to put up as many boundaries as I can because I can only work out of out of the two toolbox that I have, you mm-hmm. know? So I think it makes sense. Um, and I don't know if maybe that was a right kind of assumption to yeah, make. Yeah, y'all love Amy because she knows how to wrap up my little bits <laughs> in like a perfect little boat. But yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying is yeah. I'm familiar territory yeah. and I am seeing it a lot. Yeah. I'm seeing it a lot because of the age range yeah. that I work with. And sometimes I'm even like, I'd spend a copious. Yeah. Is copious the right word? Not sure. A lot. I would just put that there. No, no. <laughs> we have to call ourselves to excellence with these words. And you and look, there's no shame in me looking up this word for you, friend. She's trying to see. Abundant in supply oh, or yay. quantity. You better use these words. So I spend a copious amount of time on YouTube. Amen. And sometimes I don't see a problem with yeah. when they say the number of hours they spend i'm like okay this is like watching a movie yeah right yeah it's like watching a movie but the problem becomes how is it hindering them yeah so that's what i make sure i always ask parents yeah. okay because i know this is a technology driven world and i'm in the middle of their parents generation yeah. and their generation so i try to always you know how is this affecting their everyday life? Yeah, that is when it becomes a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. So, how are you seeing these generational differences among your clients and the people you see? So, before I do that, can you mm-hmm. let the um, our friends know what age range you're working with? So, I work with the babies. Mm-hmm. They are between the ages of 13 and 17. Okay. So, and I, I just wanted to make sure that we yeah. they know that. That's what um, you do. Um, <laughs> the clients that you work with. So, 
with where I'm working, I work with um, 16 on up. And so essentially what the way that I see it in my um, clients is they aren't coming in necessarily with their family. Mm -hmm. Um, They are coming in as individuals. And the way that I see it as far as like generational differences are young adults who are nervous about expressing what they don't want to do or no longer want to do or the changes that they want to make in their lives that their family um, may frown upon or not understand mm-hmm. or that they may have to do a lot of explaining about. Um, and I think, I think that is most common in my clients. And I think it's because it, there's, a, there's a shift in value in generations as mm-hmm. we grow, not that we may not we may share the same values but the prioritization of them may be different so um you may my parents may value longevity at a sound stable job down to entry all the way to retirement but for me fuck that I am out this door. I am no longer being fulfilled at this job and I'm willing to jump ship because I'm confident about me or I'm looking to be more confident about me and I want to shift into something different. And I don't know how to explain that to my parents because I'm within it right now growing and trying to figure it out. Um, The pressures of living up to what your parents want you to do and how successful they want you to be. Um, that is what I see from my clients, from my from my from my young adults, and I will even dare to say, even from my teens, the um, my sixteen, seventeen, because they're in school and they're saying, um, "Yeah, college ain't for me," or "I don't want to do that." My parents want me to, or I want to take a break. I want to, I want to experience before going to college, and just being able to articulate that to whomever it is that has helped you get to where you are. And I think it's kind of, it's tough for them. It's, it's a, it's a pull between growing your individuality um, and being confident in it, confident in it. And then also um, wanting to please or well, maybe it's just please um, your parents or your guardian or whomever that is. Um, not everyone comes from the same type of family structure. So I think it just becomes different, especially when it comes to culture, religion, expectations, values, things of that nature. So that's how I see it in my in my therapy room. Yeah. And what I'm hearing, like as you talk and what I'm hearing and what I'm thinking is, you know, a lot of our parents are from the generation of comfort and being comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like once you find a job you're comfortable with, Mm -hmm. like not, not necessarily excited about going to every day, but you're comfortable and you know, you're going to live a comfortable life. Why not just stick to, you know, stick to that. But I feel like for us, millennials and Gen Z, we are becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah. in situations and just like, huh, I'll see how this works out. Let me just free dive yeah. and see what happens. And, you know, for some of us, we land on our feet. Yeah. For some of us, not so much, but we end up figuring it out. Yeah. And we're and, okay with that process. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. And it's so much uncertainty. Like that's what I'm hearing too. Like it's so much uncertainty from 
I think with parents, yeah. right? That older is like, oh, you're quitting your job. Like, what does that mean? Holy crap. Yeah. You're, you may not survive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like my mom. What if I do? Right. <laughs> oh, my God. You're quitting your job. Do you have to move back into my house? Like, what's, right. you know, yeah. going on? I think parents are well within their thought process Absolutely. of thinking, like, oh, what do you mean you're leaving your job? Yeah. You've only, and I think for them, it's like you've only been there five years. And we're yeah. like, five years is a That's long, long time. Because I really only wanted to be there three. Jesus Right. And but for our parents, they're like five years isn't a long time. I've been on my job for 33. And you're like, what? You've been at the same job for 33 years. Who would ever? And a lot (laughs) and a lot of them have moved up, you know, in their ranks at their jobs. And, you know, they're in the positions that they want to be in. And it's allowed them to move and shake. So by no means are we saying to anybody, like, don't. If you love your job and you can see yourself, like, one day being the CEO of that company or different things like that. And that's what you want to do. Definitely do that. But in this situation, we're just talking about the different and generations and how, like, with us, we will quit a job. Mm-hmm. Whereas our parents, if they were uncomfortable or they didn't like something, they were like, no, I have to I have yeah. to keep this job and stuff. Saying, oh, knowing that there are other options yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. The context is different. In right. Which we are in. And, and <gasps> I think that what we have, <laughs> yeah, that was mm-hmm. it. The context is different. And I'm grateful for the context being different because my parents have done something to get me to where I am so that I can be able to jump ship at five years mm-hmm. and do these amazing things. And to my parents and to parents, definitely warranted. Parents will always worry because we're their babies. Not even if we're 50, we're still the fruit of the loin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it makes sense. But I, um, the part, I guess what I'm speaking to is that I or we wouldn't feel secure to take these risks if we didn't feel like our foundation was, wasn't there to support us or we weren't at a place where we could do that and feel like, you know what, the risk that I'm taking is worth it because what I'm looking for and the value and where I'm going is going to be greater than where I'm standing. Mm-hmm. And I think when you said context, it also made me think about the difference in generations when we talk about, you know, we're getting married later, we're having mm. kids later. Oh, so that also gives us the opportunity to move and shake a little more and not have yeah. to stay at a job for that long because we, because we do have dependence. We have something to provide right. for. If I don't have anything to provide for... I can take a lot more risk. Right. And that's what I was going to say. You know, our parents were getting married earlier, having children earlier. So it's like, oh, shoot, I have to stay at this job. It's harder to think about taking risks when you have people to feed. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, this job is good. It's going to pay me. I'll be here for X amount of time. Like my pension going to be great if I stick it out for these many years so I think that's too when we think about context as well yeah yeah Mm. well that's that on that yeah that's that on that that's like like, that's a perfect transition into our clip oh yeah okay um 
But before we go to our clip, is there anything that you want the the friends to do, or is this a yeah? Is there any homework for our friends today? Talk to your parents. Ooh, open up the discussion about generational differences. Yeah, open it up. Um, especially if there is a leap that yeah. you are preparing to take, or. Yeah. Even if it's like you don't want children or yeah. you don't want to get married and it's something you've been afraid to talk to your parents about, yeah. um, talk to your parents. Yeah. You can start with the phrase. Um, and I always encourage my clients, it, try having a con- tough conversation. Try having conversations, not just when the conflict is happening. Have it when you're in that, those moments where you, you can tell that both of you are open. And you can start with, Mom, what do you think about the, the differences between your generation and my generation? Insert, insert whatever it is that you want to talk about there. Right. That might be a good way, a good prompt for you all who might not know how to open up that discussion. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. <laughs> okay, now, everybody knows about Moesha. Mo to the, e to the. Okay, okay. <laughs> so this clip is about Moisha. She's coming in, um, and um, she has some new features on her body. Okay, and Dad is stunned. Okay, and maybe that is mild, but he is stunned. And I kind of want y'all to listen in and just kind of. Peep and uh, we'll talk about it um, thereafter. Oh, look, I'm about to take daddy down. <laughs> now, are you gonna let that Vulcan child beat you? Mm-mm, baby, I'm about to snatch victory from the jaws. Of... What in the. <laughs> Miles, go to your room. Go! Daddy, I hope you're not upset about these because they were on sale. Girl, did you leave your mind where you left the rest of your clothes? Oh, Daddy, this is a midriff. All the girls are wearing them. And I guess all the girls are mutilating their bodies, too. Daddy, one person's mutilation is another person's art. (laughs) You didn't know that. Daddy, I don't understand this. You knew I had this done yesterday and you were not all upset then. Why are you tripping now? Because now you look like a tramp. (laughs) Real tight there, brought some tears to my eyes. I had a flashback. Anyway. <laughs> I had a flashback. I'm a sap. I'm a sap anyway, and that did bring to my eyes because I be feeling stuff. I be feeling shit. I be feeling myself. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. That. Well, that didn't happen to me. My dad has never called me a tramp. Okay. Um, but it just made me think about when I wanted to dye my hair. Yeah. And my dad was like, like he got upset. He oh, was man. like, no. He used other words with that, no. Okay. But, um, and I was like, so I have never dyed my hair because of that conversation. Wow. And I know I'm grown now. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. This type of thing. So, yeah, that made me think of that yeah. moment. So, yeah, yeah where, what are the, where uh, is that emotion coming from? <laughs> um, I think... I don't know, just, like, feeling that moment. Like, as a kid, you're um, being the kid, being the, taking up the trends, doing things that you think that you want to do and look like and trying things out. And 
your parents, uh, uh, the word that come out of your parents' mouth is tramp. Mm-hmm. And where you are thinking unique and trendy and your parents' perspective is so much different and uh, disrespectful, if I do say, and it's abrasive, like, like, dang, in her face, the way that she looked, you can tell that there was impact there. So, like, as a therapist, um, to honor both of their experiences, but to say that you really felt something about that, um, and there's a, I feel like there's an assumption there about showing parts of your body and tattoos in the combination. Um, but needless to say, I can tell Mo, like, that hit you hard. Like Mm -hmm. that is, it doesn't seem like that is something that you would have expected from your dad to say. And like to kind of really pull both of those experiences out because both of them would need to understand where they're coming from, but then also land on something that says, um, that's a little bit more that leaves the waters a little bit more calm. Right. Right. Uh, I think for me too, not only like looking at that generational difference, but in this situation, we will also have to bring in cultural background, cultural background yeah. um, with her being a black young woman and her dad being mm. an older black man. Mm. <laughs> and her dad being an older black man and just thinking about respectability and how we think about our parents' generation, right? And we think about the idea of being respectable and all of what that is rooted in Mm -hmm. um, and just exploring that more with him, probably not using the word respectability politics or anything like that, but just exploring that culturally and saying like, you know, dad, because all of us are black in this room. So (laughs) dad with, you know, you all being, you know, a black family and with her being a black young woman and with these trends coming out or fashion statements coming out, how how are you seeing that affecting your daughter and what perspective, you know, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, when you think about how people may view your daughter, mm-hmm. right? And having him or coaching him to talk about that with her without projecting. Yeah. Yes. Without projecting on her um, to make her feel less than because that's what he just did. That was a projection of, in my opinion, my assumption was a projection of one, how he views women Women with midriffs and tattoos, midriffs and tattoos, and also a projection of how he assumed other people will see his daughter because of she has that tattoo there. She's walking around showing off her tattoo and just projecting on her those feelings. So now you've projected the ideal of her being a tramp onto her and that breaks down that self-esteem. And yeah. then, like you saying, exploring that yeah. with Mo, like, how did that make you feel? You know, you're hearing your dad use those words towards you. Right, yeah. I think part of what came to mind is something that we um, can do in therapy. And it's not to undermine, but it's also to open up the perspective. But right. That what part of you was trying to be protective of your daughter. Right. That it came out that way. But I wonder if part of you is saying like, hey, I want you to be conscious that there are some things that can come off a certain way. And I want you to um, know how to, you, Mo, to protect yourself or to 
make decisions with that in mind, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that um, oftentimes we forget the noble intent behind some of the things that we do and say, or, or I'm going to say that we forget, but there are oftentimes there is a noble intent behind the things that we do and that we say. And as therapists, we are able to be that mediator to kind of bring that out and bring that up and bring that to the forefront because we don't want the tramp statement to over to overshadow. Yes, it had impact, but let's see how yeah. the noble intent might have some impact as well because that's important too. It came from somewhere. Right, you know? and just explain, like, because you saw the remorse yeah. after he said, like, after he realized what he said, that remorse was clear. So I would also want to ask Dad, instead of, what was your intent? What is it that you really wanted to say? Because it doesn't seem like that's the word that you wanted to use, even though that's the word that came out. Yeah. So what was your intention? Mm-hmm. And I want you to take your time to think about what it is that you wanted to say to her. Like, what would you have said to her if you were not angry? Yeah. If you would have stepped away and you weren't angry. Well, it's interesting. I have some parents that would be like, I wanted to say tramp. <laughs> I wanted to say tramp. That's what I wanted to so, say. So then I would ask, okay, you wanted to say tramp, but where is that coming from? What yes. experience is that coming from from yes. you yeah. so that your child can understand your perspective? And let's put that in your own words and words that wouldn't hit and hurt so deep. Yeah. Because our words have impact. Like, yeah. obviously, I still haven't dyed my hair yet. Uh, so, yeah. In my head, I'm like, so, bitch, what you want to do? <laughs> so, our words have everlasting impact. And, you know, self-fulfilling prophecies are a thing mm-hmm. when kids hear their parents say words about them. Yeah. And imagine if Frank was to continue to use that word, you know, calling her a tramp, because I'm sure he apologized because it's TV. So um, I think maybe. So it's just a clip, y'all. Yeah. So (laughs) um, but in the real world, parents continue to call their, you know, their kids. Some parents continue to they aren't apologetic and they continue to call their kids words and kids are like oh this is what you think of me well this must be who I am so I'm gonna just continue to do you know what I'm doing so I think it's worth exploring okay you want to say tramp but let's explore where that's coming from and what does that word mean to you tramp what does that mean to you okay so let's explore that a little more talk to me a little bit more about that mm-hmm. yeah yeah well and that's the mo to the east of the Moesha. What? I thought she was singing the song. All right. Um, we hope. <laughs> oh, okay. I gotta do what I gotta do. Uh, I gotta move. <sighs> we hope Y'all. you enjoyed that song by Amy. <laughs> as well as our analysis of the clip this week. Um, So, of course, before we go, we are going to talk about what the homework is for this week. And just to remind you of what the homework is for this week, which is to talk to your parents. Amy gave you a really good prompt. So, Amy, can you remind them of that prompt you gave them? Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, auntie, whomever. Um, What do you think about, insert, a generational difference topic here? Um, and just kind of begin when you know that the feeling is 
both you and that person or people that you are talking to. It is an open, accepting uh, ex- uh, environment to start that conversation. Yeah, and take your time, be patient. Remember that people have different perspectives, and just because they don't agree with you does not mean that you have to attack yeah. them. Um, you don't have to agree with people to still respect them yeah. as a person um, and try to see from that that perspective. Yeah. That's the key to being a critical thinker. Yeah. So, yeah, we hope. I wanna, before oh, you jump sorry. in, I want to just add that the importance is that you're asking this question for understanding. You're not asking, you're not asking this question for agreement. Mm. You are asking for understanding. Yeah. Not to start an argument. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Sedated Therapist. We are so glad that you took a listen and you stayed to the end. Shout out to you. Here you are, friend. You trying to become a best friend, friend? You still have to apply. Come on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So make sure that you follow us on social media. You can follow me at the Amanda Nicholson. And you can follow me at Amy Gaskin. That's A M I E Gaskin with no S. Get it right. And that's that on that, friends. All right. We will Catch talk to you. Talk to them. Yeah. Next time. All right. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.